We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Thursday, February 8th. We are recording at 3.09 p.m. Central Time, which means the trade deadline passed a little over an hour ago. Uh, we'll do a full trade deadline recap. I think it's safe to say we're probably the only podcast that's doing a trade deadline recap. Um, so, yeah, good luck finding that anywhere else. Um, but first, one... <laughs> Uh, you texted me this morning um, when the deals started really, really going through and kind of congratulated me more than anything else on Isaiah being traded, on Dwayne Wade being traded. And I said to you, man, everything is coming up Nick today. Yeah. And that was at like 1130. Cut to like an hour later, and now we find out that there's a 2 chains EP coming out tonight. <laughs> like It really is. It really is my day. Uh, I'm really feeling myself. I, I'm wearing my Jalen Ramsey Jags jersey right now. Um Things yeah. are great. I mean, um, it's kind of like the day, like, uh, like when I got engaged. It's kind of like that. It's just like you know, the texts are just flooding in. It's just like congrats, congratulations, so happy for you, man. Like, <laughs> that's that's basically how I imagine you must feel. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just it it couldn't be a better day. I'm I'm guessing. I mean, is the, is the hams on ice? Like, when when are you gonna be able to celebrate? No, I'm heading to Milwaukee um, right after we record. I, I got a, a reservation at an empanada restaurant. Sure. Uh, so the empanadas are going to be flowing. Um, hopefully they have hams there. I, <laughs> I found that it's a little bit more difficult to find than you'd think. Um, in fact, a couple weeks ago, I was actually back in Milwaukee, and I asked a bartender, do you have hams? And she kind of gave me this look, you know, the look that I've become accustomed to seeing from a lot of bartenders when I asked that question. And she just said, uh crappiest beer we have is schlitz sorry uh like apologizing to me that they they couldn't lower their standards to hams um but let's uh let's get into trade deadline stuff we'll start with the Cavs. so you and i were watching this game last night against the timberwolves i think the Cavs bottomed out first of all on on tuesday in that loss to orlando you know which everyone knows about by now pretty big home win on the second night of a back-to-back in overtime lebron had you know one of his three best games of the year had a huge block on Jimmy Butler late in overtime, and then uh, the game winner. That's all well and good, uh, but the defense on this game winning shot—I didn't even notice it at first. I was just, you know, so excited yeah. for for Mr. James. But you texted me and you're like, "What in the hell were the Timberwolves doing?" And I watched it a couple more times, and there are like four or five things you can pick out in there that are completely egregious. That 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 shot never should have 
it was an unbelievably clean look for LeBron James of all people. Like I think the way that you guard that ideally is that you have obviously Jimmy Butler on LeBron. You have Wiggins kind of on Corver, but as soon as Corver gets into that deep corner, you don't have to follow him there because I mean, are they really going to make that pass over everyone into the corner? Like that that's just not a pass that you really attempt. And even if they do attempt it, you have time to recover and get back over there. Right. Like as soon as Corver goes into the corner, you you kind of focus on LeBron and if you're Corver Wiggins. was lined up in the corner. It's not like he right. ran to the corner. You know, Wiggins could have shaded off and basically doubled LeBron and like yeah. you said, would have had way more than enough time to right. defend and, the pass and probably that, intercept the pass. Right, right. If if you want them to attempt some pass into that deep corner for Corver, but that's as we said, that's not even the worst part about the defense there is like Wiggins fine. You want to you want to uh, stay on Corver like a glove on that play. That's fine. But the guys that were guarding Isaiah Thomas and who who else was in the backcourt? Like it, they Jeff were Green ma- made the pass. They Isaiah were was in the backcourt with I think Jr. They were heavy, you know, man to man, following them deep into the backcourt. One second left. I think you you just let if they want to catch the ball in the backcourt and get up a semi uncontested fifty footer then I think you kind of let them do that <laughs> is the way I would have approached it. And you put your two guys on the LeBron side of half court. And then that way, like, it's just, it's a tougher pass. They had, I've never seen a play like that where it was just such an easy pass to make. And I mean, obviously LeBron's going to create that separation. Right. So it's just. And it really, really wasn't a push off. I thought at first maybe there wasn't. If anything, like, and I think Hubie Brown noted it on the broadcast that like Butler had his jersey, and yeah. it was just such an. Oh. I think almost LeBron was almost probably it, it surprised was just at how easy like, it was. Um, I mean, honestly, it would be like you and me just at the. We could probably pull off this pass on like our first try. Like it's just throw it and yeah. to where nobody is. Let LeBron go get it and shoot the shot. Whereas if you have those other two defenders, like leave Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he's not making anything, let alone uh, a half quarter leave those guys and at least kind of be in the picture so that that pass can't be so clean and effortless. Like he could really just kind of lob it in there because there was nobody near it to, to get mm-hmm. in the way. And I mean it, that I've never seen defense that poor on a play like that. I mean, even the Christian Leitner uh, shot at Duke that it kind of reminded me of like, there was so much more uh, a higher degree of difficulty on the the pass well, and the everything pass was like coming that. Coming from the baseline and that right, right. And this one was from the sideline. Yeah, it was, but it was that much easier. It was like they were playing for for all intents and purposes. It was basically the inbounder LeBron and Jimmy Butler were the only people right. involved in the play, and this is a play to win the game. Like it, it was just bizarre defense. Yeah, it was very strange. from noted defensive mastermind Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, I, you can't fault Butler, I guess. I mean, it's one on one with LeBron, whatever. Like he, <laughs> he was, was just like, all right, and he, all right, he could Jimmy. tell he Butler as soon as LeBron got the shot up, he just turned around and yeah. walked off. Cat took his jersey off, just walked out. Like I think they knew, like, what yeah. in the hell are we doing? Uh, okay, let's talk trades. Uh, we're instead of coming up with an outline, we're basically just gonna scroll Woj's Twitter. Uh, I think Woj definitely got a leg up on Shams today uh, in that <laughs> little rivalry. Uh, Shams took took a couple of. Uh, tough losses here in terms of reporting times um but we're just gonna go do you want to go chronologically do you want to jump around well let's just tackle all the cleveland stuff first okay let's do cleveland so the first trade that officially went down isaiah and channing fry and a protected first rounder to the lakers jordan clarkson larry nance to cleveland the first rounders protected one through three this year so I don't even know if it's mathematically possible for the Cavs to not give up that pick. Um, I guess it could be via the lottery, but 99.9% chance the Lakers get the Cavs' own first-round pick. Um, and I think overall, you know, we'll get into the other three-team deal that that got them Rodney Hood and George Hill. But to get those guys, and you know, I mean, none of these guys are real, you know, even close to all-star caliber players. Rodney Hood's probably the most notable and the best player of those four, you know, so it's not a home run by any means, but to get those guys to get off of Isaiah, who would kind of poison the well in Cleveland to get off of Dwayne Wade, to get, you know, Shumpert's contract out of there and not have to give up the Brooklyn pick. I think the Cavs did about as well as they could if they had made the decision that we're not giving up the Brooklyn pick, which clearly they had. Uh, And the first part of this deal, like we said, Clarkson and Nance, uh, how do they fit now with this new, basically entirely new Cavs roster that they're going to roll out tomorrow night? 
Yeah, I I really can't. I couldn't have imagined that they would have been able to pull off what they pulled off today where they got rid of pretty much all the players you'd want to get rid of that you reasonably could. Like, no one was taking Tristan Thompson. No one was taking J.R. Smith. But to get off of everyone else and bring in only guys that kind of match up with the Warriors matchup. You know, I mean, it's it's like Jordan Clarkson, George Hill at this stage. I mean, those guys aren't amazing defenders, but they can at least guard ones and twos. They can switch on stuff. Uh, Isaiah Thomas couldn't guard anyone. Dwayne Wade couldn't really guard anyone. Uh, you're you're just you're getting a huge upgrade of just in versatility there. These are, are role players that aren't going to come in expecting to take shots uh, like Isaiah Thomas. You can have Rodney Hood just sitting in the corner, George Hill sitting in the corner, knocking down threes, mm-hmm. and that's just it's those two guys specifically to me are, are really nice fits for LeBron because they're guys that are comfortable playing off ball. Uh, Rodney Hood's a guy that can can do some stuff with the ball in his hands as well. Uh, Clarkson's not – I mean, we can talk about the Lakers side of this in a second. I mean, Clarkson's – he's got his flaws, but he's a he's a capable scorer. He's a guy that can has some defensive versatility. Uh, Larry Nance to me is I'm, – I'm interested to see if Tyron Lue uses him correctly, but you would think Nance is a guy that you could do some really interesting small lineups with where – you know, unlike a guy like Kevin Love, uh, you you have some defensive versatility there with a guy like that. You could maybe even play him at the five a little bit. Uh, it's just it's a really really nice overhaul because you're getting the the pieces fit. Like they're they're role players who aren't washed up and over the hill. I mean, George George Hill's borderline washed up, but I mean he can still hit an open three. He can still you know switch on to certain players. Uh, it's just amazing. And, and just to get Isaiah Thomas out of there is a huge win in and of itself. Uh, I like Shannon Fry. I think Shannon Fry, some of their best five-man units are with Shannon Fry. That's the one thing I wouldn't, I, I didn't like about this. Because but, he's played well for them you know, in the last four or five games that he was back in the rotation. But you can't really play Shannon Fry against the Warriors. So like, sure. I think, I think Shannon Fry would have been a, a very useful piece for them moving through the Eastern Conference. But uh, if, if you're going to be playing Kevin Love you can't be playing Shannon Fry as well so and then I think they kind of just did D-Wade a solid like yes like we're not going to play you anymore now you can go and get some big minutes with uh, your original team your wife gets to go home like it's 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 great for for you mm-hmm. and your family uh, I mean is there anything you wanted to hit on with the the Cavs here you, you want to just kind of talk about how how great these additions and subtractions were I think it's more about the subtractions, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you're getting rid of guys in Isaiah, in Crowder, in Derrick Rose, um, who were really contributing nothing. Shumpert, too. I mean, Shumpert well, had played 15 games. He was hurt. You know, negative. I mean, like, Shumpert yeah. and Isaiah were just hurting pure negative contributors. Yes. Yeah, they had literally, like, if you believe in advanced numbers that consider win shares and plus minus and things like that, Isaiah was losing the Cavs games. Crowder, you know, that contract still, it, that's not a complete disaster. That's still somewhat of an asset, which Utah, you know, clearly values in some capacity. He wasn't helping. Um, you know, certainly they weren't getting anything out of Derrick Rose, who we should say was has been waived, I believe, by Utah. And I texted one of my buddies after that. I was like, is this it for Derrick Rose? Like, where where does he go now? Like, what team is dying to get their hands on Derrick Rose other than the Timberwolves, who are apparently <laughs> going to try to sign right. him? But I'm talking, yeah. like, next I mean, summer. Well, you know, I love one of the best calls I've seen in a while is your your prediction that Isaiah Thomas is going to be playing in China in five years. Derek Rose I think it might be like might, two years. Yeah, Derek Rose might beat him there. I mean, if he wants to be playing and wants to be treated like a good basketball player, he probably has to go to China at this point. And yeah, I I don't think short of a relationship with Tibbs, where Tibbs decides he wants to bring Derek Rose in. There's not a single team that views him as an option, really. Like, there's got to every team should have either a guy on the bench or a guy in the G League who's better mm-hmm. than Derrick Rose. So yeah, I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, he's done in the NBA. I think he's done. Um, Isaiah's not done, but he. This Let's, and I told you I was talking about this in the office yesterday. This reminds me a lot of Stefan Marbury. Yes, where Marbury, you know, had to like bounce around early in his career, but was always good. Same with Isaiah. You know, Marbury. I think what what was his peak? Like that run with the Suns, 
when he hit. I remember him hitting like a half quarter. I think uh, in a series against the. Spurs. I think his peak was uh, with the Nets. I guess I'm thinking of like popularity wise. Oh, I think like, popularity wise, I think his peak was with the T Wolves when it was him and KG. Okay. So I'm okay. I mean, those were that was early enough in his career. I'm like in in my recollection of Stefan Marbury is like I think of him that with that Suns run, and then after that it was like he was with the Knicks. That was a complete fallout. Well, burned all those bridges. Yeah. Went to the Celtics. Burned all those bridges. All of a sudden, you know, a guy who two years earlier was one of the best point guards in the NBA, but everyone kind of knew was a little off in some right. ways. Uh, you just know, just had kind no of options a, and went a to very China. distorted view of himself relative yes. to the way the league viewed him. And right. and uh, just quickly on the the Lakers, just in a general sense, this was an amazing trade for them. Yes. Even though, like Isaiah Thomas is obviously not going to help them win games this year uh but to just get off of that Clarkson deal which I I don't think I mean around the league that's viewed as a a negative contract so you get off of that deal uh I mean for them it was extremely negative because it was blocking them bringing in free agents but like just in a general sense that wasn't going to be an easy contract for them to move and it just they found a team that was willing to go way over the luxury tax uh, and take on a guy. Like Clarkson, the way I kind of view all these guys, I, I like Rodney Hood probably more than most, but like the way I view all these guys is they're just they're competent basketball players that aren't going to sink the ship. Right. And are, I mean, that's all LeBron really needs is just competent guys that he can yeah. rely on that aren't going to just ruin, <laughs> ruin the well, team's The way chances. that the, the Cavs are kind of going back to the original Cavs LeBron blueprint, which is <laughs> LeBron runs everything on the offensive end and you just put guys around him and you kind of hope and pray that they're competent enough. Yeah. And I think we're especially going to see that over the next two months with Kevin Love out. Once he's back, you know, LeBron gets a little bit of help, but you know, there's no one on this team that's going to offer anything close to what Kyrie has in the playoffs over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think it's just, it's going to be a hundred percent LeBron but as the facilitator. Like LeBron's just so good that that's really kind of all you need to get out of the East with him. As right. long as he's, as long as he's healthy, uh, is just guys that he can play with without hating playing with them. And just guys that aren't going to screw up too much and aren't going to take, too many shots and try to right. take over the offense when he's on the bench and that that type of thing. Right. Uh, and the Lakers, I mean, this is just great. I, if I were them, I would buy Isaiah Thomas out. I know that they've said that he's going to come off the bench. His agent said that he isn't going to come off the bench. Okay. <laughs> See, this is a, this is a point number like a thousand for me against Isaiah. Like, man who's shooting thirty percent from the field and turning the ball over at a crazy rate and is the worst defender arguably ever in the history of the NBA demands to go start for this team. Well, his agent demands that he goes starts oh. because they I mean, he's losing I mean, imagine what the the conversations him and his agent have been having all season. Like the amount of money that they probably thought he was going to get on this next deal versus the amount of money he's realistically going to get on this next deal, which I kind of want to get in. Like DJ Trainer, who uh, also hosts this podcast, like he and I would like to make bets occasionally on just random stuff like this. Like I once lost a bet to him when I thought that no team would be dumb enough to give Rajon Rondo uh, over $10 million annually on a deal. And then, of course, should have known. The, the Bulls stepped up and, and did just that. Uh, we're going to probably come up with a bet on, on what Isaiah Thomas's next deal is going to be, but it's going to be either a one-year prove-it deal south of $10 million. I mean, I, I the number I threw out in, in a group chat this morning is one-year $6 million. I think that that, to me, that's an extremely reasonable contract to give him, and I just I can't think of the team that's going to give it to him, but... The, like this is a player who probably thought he was going to get over a hundred million on the open market, especially back right. when he was still with the Celtics. And now that to to have this much money fall out from under you, you're you're desperate. You're a wounded, desperate man. And like that's where the I need to start things coming from because he's just he's running out of time to make any kind of positive right. impact this season. Whereas, you know, to me, coming off the bench would probably help him put up better numbers, you would think. I mean, you're going against a second unit. You have 
you'd kind of have complete autonomy with with the players around you off the bench there to sort of take over the offense. Uh, and they're going to play him with Lonzo, you know? I mean, then the other the other weird angle of this is like, well, we have to get rid of D'Angelo Russell because we can't play him with Lonzo, but we can bring Isaiah in and we can play him with Lonzo. Well, that see, I don't think that trade had anything to do with they them wanting Isaiah. It was mm. just like we need to get off of Clarkson. Oh, you'll give us a you give us a first round pick yeah. too. Like, okay, like this is great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I would buy him out just because he can. O- he's only going to piss off your coaching staff and your players. Right. Like, why deal with that? Like, mm-hmm. just just pay him to go away. He'll sign with somebody. Right. I don't know who he'd sign with, but uh, the, <laughs> like, Sean, the Shangjong Sharks is that the team that or <laughs> Sichuan Sharks is that who Jimmer plays for? Uh, like yeah, I mean, it, I'm it's, telling you, I would put money. I'll, I'll if you want to get into the betting game, I'll I'll put a five-year isaiah thomas chinese league MVP. i'm i'm with you no i i'm with you because that that would just be great for him i mean he would yeah yeah it would, it would be i and, think that's kind of what he wants and he would be the the thing that like a guy like steph marbury one of the most appealing things to him about that was just getting treated like a star yes right like it's not it's not just the minutes and the shots it's like walking around the and, and getting the star treatment that you think you've mm-hmm been missing out on this whole time where you're people are saying you're like not right. an all-star that type of thing and i went like, i went and looked back <laughs> yesterday when i was thinking about this comparison at, at articles that were written about marbury during the during the time that he was going through all that stuff with the knicks and i forgot that there were he was kind of wrapped up in that sexual assault thing with or sexual harassment with uh isaiah the other isaiah thomas and that you know obviously isaiah doesn't have that um but there was one line from i think it was a in New York Post, Frank Isola, I remember, was the author article where it said that I, uh, Marbury, you know, was mobbed by reporters coming out of a hotel, and he he said no words. He would not comment on basketball, but he spent like 20 minutes just any fan that wanted to take a picture. He was grabbing everybody, and you know, was more than happy to accommodate all that and jump in as many photos as possible, but didn't want to talk basketball. And yeah, I think I think the star treatment. Is something that for certain guys, you know, for some guys it doesn't matter. For certain guys, some really, guys really don't want that matter. at all. You know, well, I mean, Isaiah has been open. It's not like we're speculating. Like no. I think it's not a secret that Isaiah wants to be treated like a star. Every comment he's made over the last two years backs that up. Okay, so quickly, like I've seen takes out there that the fact that Brad Stevens was able to get this out of him and like Tyron Lue couldn't get this out of him means something about Tyron Lue. Like I don't think Tyron Lue's a great coach by any stretch, but I don't think any of him being good with Boston and him being bad with the Cavs, I don't think any of that should fall on Ty Lue. I think it's two things. It's obviously it was a perfect circumstance for him in Boston. Brad Stevens should get a ton of credit. Like if we're if we're giving and taking away credit on the coaching side, we should give Stevens a ton of credit for being able to get Isaiah Thomas MVP votes on a winning team. Like that that's gonna look like an an all time great coaching feat and you know, the further we get away from it. But also just this Cavs situation and Isaiah Thomas's health situation, it's just the complete opposite of his situation with the Celtics, where they were purposely running everything through him, whereas I think in Cleveland it it sort of felt like every time that he tried to do stuff by himself every single other player on the team was just kind of like, dude, you got to stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, okay, last thing on Cavs-Lakers, you kind of hinted at it, but the Lakers, by trading Nance and Clarkson, mostly Clarkson, did officially create two max slots now for next summer. And that's kind of the silver lining here. And a big part of the reason that L.A. wanted to do that is now, I mean, you still have the dang contract. That's a, a big albatross. But now you don't have to trade that, and you don't have to attach an asset to theoretically sign two guys. You know, I don't know if the interest is even going to be there from guys like LeBron and Paul George. We'll see, but at least they're now in position. And on the other side of that, Cleveland, I wouldn't say they set themselves up well for the future, for a future without LeBron. But you have you know Rodney Hood, who's 25 and you know has a 3.5 million dollar qualifying offer for next year. You can bring him back. Nance is only in what second year of his rookie deal. You know, you have him for at least a couple more years. Clarkson at a fairly palatable, you know, average of about twelve and a half million for two more years. Like the cupboard's not going to be a hundred percent bare. And, and I think if if there is, you know, I, I don't want to praise Cleveland too much for this, but they did kind of serve two masters in that they they kept the Brooklyn pick. They kind of protected themselves for the future. 
And they did, I think, about as much as LeBron could realistically ask. You know, maybe they didn't get DeAndre, and I'm sure LeBron probably wanted him. But, you know, as we can see, DeAndre didn't get traded. The market just really wasn't all that all that big for him. Yeah, I think that they did everything they realistically could to set themselves up for being a fallback plan for LeBron. Yeah, this for, they set themselves summer. up well for either scenario. So, like, he he's going to take meetings with, you know, four or five teams this summer. But I think unless some team just kind of pulls off a an amazing feat of clearing space while also maintaining an amazing core of players, I think he's just going to go back to the Cavs on a one-year deal. Like, now that's – like, I think it's possible that a team like the Rockets can – can make a appealing pitch or a team like the Spurs or whoever, like the Sixers could make a semi appealing pitch. But if he has, you know, if he kind of likes this new sort of cast of characters he's with, he can always just go back to the Cavs right. on a one year deal and say, Hey, like Lakers, I know you've, you've done this and you've right. done that, but you're just, you're not even close to ready yes. to actually compete for a title next year so i'm going to go back to the Cavs mm-hmm. for one more year then we'll revisit things whereas yes. if they hadn't done any of these moves he might have just left anyway like no matter what because yeah. he just was so sick of playing with some of these right. guys like if the Cavs would have burned out in the second round and then just you know th- their pitch to lebron is just running back with that group you're like that's the most unappealing right. thing possible whereas, and yeah. The other thing, too, is free agency is after the draft. They can mm-hmm. still trade the Brooklyn pick. Like, yes. Let's say that pick lands number three, mm-hmm. and somebody that we don't even know about now is available. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like It's not over as far as what the Cavs can right. do lo- longer term to try to keep LeBron. Uh, okay, let's talk about DraftKings real quick. Uh, we are sponsored by DraftKings. Um, there's no season-long commitment on DraftKings. We still don't have an actual read for this, so I just kind of have a few talking points that I, that I would like to bring up. Uh, and again, I'd like to say there's no season-long commitment. There's a commitment of about, what, five hours or so per night when games are going on. You create a fresh lineup whenever you want. You can create custom contests, invite only your friends. You can play publicly, and you can enter multiple contests. More contests mean more shots to win, James Anderson. Most importantly, with your first deposit on DraftKings, if it's your first ever deposit, you get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire, which includes, I believe, includes DFS tools um, and a bunch of other stuff, including all this baseball writing that you've been doing. Um, do you have any specific prospect stuff up in the last couple of days you want to plug? Oh, yeah. I mean, big old piece on uh, National League West prospects that you can check out. Uh, pretty detailed list of, of all the prospects you want to know yeah, in that division. Love those guys. Yeah. That's, that, that's the end of my pitch. Is there like a like a Michael Kopik some sort of <laughs> Kopik's we, we haven't gotten to Kopik yet. That's that's AL uh AL Central. That'll be in uh two weeks. And then we can you know we He's might not even his own. We, we we might even be able to, you know, go in uh, do a deep dive on Michael Kopek next week. But uh yeah, for, for now we haven't gotten to the White Sox and the, the Kopeks yet. Okay. All right, let's get to some of the other deals. Uh I'll just read off a couple of the minor ones. We don't really have to talk about these too much unless you have anything to say. Willie Reed goes from Detroit to Chicago along with a super future second rounder. Uh, Jameer Nelson goes to Detroit. Jameer obviously was part of the Miritich deal earlier this week. Uh, actually, the Detroit and Chicago are swapping 2022 second rounders. So one of these teams apparently has a model that says that the other is going to be really bad in 2022, and they're going to regret that. Uh, James Ennis going from Memphis to Detroit. Detroit sends Bryce Johnson to Memphis. I love this deal for Detroit because Bryce Johnson is one of the worst players in the NBA, and I don't, I don't know. I, I would be extremely surprised if he's ever in any rotation. And I think James Ennis is not that bad. Bryce Johnson from the uh, infamous Doc Rivers GM tree right. of of draft picks. Yeah, who did he take <laughs> him over? There were there were a couple guys. Uh, yeah, I think I think that was actually like a decent decent enough draft towards that back of the first round early second round if i remember right correctly. i think i remember thinking bryce johnson might not get drafted or he'll well, be like a no, mid second rounder but no not no, on, no not on docs no, dude i think we had both done mocks and i think we both had bryce to the clippers just because yeah, we knew they would do because we knew that doc would take the guy who he'd seen in the national title game right. who had put up 
you know, he yep. averaged like a double double that year, and Doc probably saw that and was like, "Ooh, we'll slide him right in." <laughs> yeah, Bryce Johnson. How did he has, fall to Bryce Johnson has played in twelve <laughs> NBA games since entering the league last year. He has forty-seven total minutes, and he was taken two spots ahead of Pascal Siakam, three spots ahead of Scal, four spots ahead of Dejounte Murray, and five spots ahead of Damian Jones. Woof. Who, by the way, isn't uh, good, but you know, quick little. Really sorry for DeJounte Murray and the Murray family and the Spurs family for last night's ankle sprain. I hope that he makes a full recovery. Yeah, uh, I'm actually glad that it was only an ankle sprain. Have they announced it was just an ankle sprain? I feel like I haven't seen anything about that. I think I read it was an ankle sprain. Okay, it sprain. is just an ankle sprain. I would, that looked bad at first. I was very concerned. I mean, he was on his way to just one of those classic DeJounte lines, you know. I think <laughs> it was going to be a, like a 20-point, 20 20-rebound 20 type of game. Mm-hmm um yeah well that's all we'll say about him uh <laughs> the heat have luke babbitt now and they send okaro white to the atlanta hawks it's a little bit of a salary dump there i guess um i guess we already kind of touched on the other part of the Cavs deal uh the Cavs got rodney hood from the jazz got george hill from sacramento they sent derrick rose and jay crowder to utah utah subsequently waived derrick rose joe johnson going to sacramento and Amon shumpert also going to sacramento so joe johnson i would be shocked if he's not waived he might have already been waived you know in the time that we were recording there's no way he's staying in sacramento he'll actually be a really interesting buyout you know i saw i think it was tim bontemp suggested him as the warriors not that they really need it but you know he'd be a a little bit of an upgrade over pat mccaw who's kind of struggled um who's this joe johnson oh joe johnson iso joe yeah um I think I mean he he could go to OKC some of that type of team I think he'll he'll be an option there. Joe Johnson's kind of a a cool guy that I think you want uh, on a team like the Warriors like he's sort of a a wing version of David West yes. where he's just you know he's he's going to do all the right things in terms of in the locker room like on the bench. I mean, he was a huge part practice. of them winning that first round series last year. I rem- Utah look he. Had one of my favorite moments of the playoffs last year when he hit that ISO Joe game winner. I remember being at a bar and right. like texting you or something about it. I mean, like yep. that's that's how big of a moment that was. Is that I, that? I honestly I remember where I was when that <laughs> happened. I was laying on my buddy's couch. Yep. So if the if the Warriors need someone to hit a game winner, yep. like right so there. good for good for Sacramento getting off of that George Hill deal that they like bid against themselves to sign this summer. Cleveland Prop, more, more than happy to props take for out. getting off of that terrible contract that you that gave you out signed. just five months ago <laughs> and uh props for taking in uh, taking in another bad contract and Shumpert this is a weird one like Shumpert's only played like 14 games this year he's hurt right now uh I don't I don't even know if he'll be in the rotation for the Kings who have basically been sitting veterans for the last month and that's going to continue but he has like an 11 and a half million dollar option for next year and Lord knows Amon Shumpert's not getting $11 million annually. Is it a player option? It's a player option. Oh. So Lock the question in. becomes, like, I don't think he's really a buyout guy. Does he decline the option and try to sign somewhere other than Sacramento just because he doesn't want to play for them? Or does he just take the money and stick it out for one year there? I feel like knowing what I know about Shumpert, probably going to be the latter. I, you got to take that money, man. Right. I mean, he where Shumpert is right now as an NBA player uh maybe just take that that last year invest it wisely and then just call it like i think he's into hip-hop i mean he might might just want to get into a lot of stuff get into the studio yeah i mean i think he kind of peaked when he appeared in the the kanye video right (laughs) wait which kanye video wolves i like that have not seen that I, i mean i don't even know how to describe this like it's at the end when there's all those like sheep Okay. And then it's him and Tiana Taylor, who is also in the Fade video. Okay. I haven't um, seen any of I haven't seen a single video off of Kanye's last album. Okay. Well, it's only been out for like two years. So where would I get around? I would have had to, I would have to watch these on like YouTube or something. That's right. The internet, <laughs> the internet uh, actually is home to many of these videos. All right. <clears throat> uh, Dwayne Wade, back to Miami. We'll spend a little time on this one. This the, I, I imagine Dwayne Wade asked for this because when I first saw it, it was like, oh, you know, are they going to bring back? You know, because Miami has so many guys that are a little bit redundant. A lot of them are hurt all the time, so you don't, you know, they don't all play. But uh, turns out it's just a second round pick that I think is pretty heavily protected. The Cavs basically just sent Dwayne Wade back to Miami as a gesture of goodwill. Yeah, I mean his. It's just it's a much better situation for Dwayne Wade who. 
I think is still at a point in his career where he'll happily take starters minutes and, and starters shots and Gab Union was really happy about it today. I mean, I think she's quite thrilled to be going back to Miami versus Cleveland slash Chicago. So mm-hmm. uh, happy for all of them. And, you know, what's what's next for him? This was he was he was there on a on a one year, so mm-hmm. he'll be back on the market. So yeah, I mean, it would, obviously, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if he joins LeBron wherever LeBron ends up. <laughs> Throw another big name into that mix of summer, uh, summer of twenty eighteen free agency. Is there anything to this though that, like, I mean, Wade has to know that even as dysfunctional as the Cavs are and with all these moving parts now, like, they're still the better option if he really wants to go back to the finals. Like, it's somewhat telling that he probably had the choice and decided, ah, I'd just rather go back to Miami than stick this out. Well. I think, I mean, would you? What would you have cho- chosen? Because it's like if you stay in Cleveland, it's like sure you'll go to the finals. You'll probably play like fifteen minutes a game. No one's ever gonna. I mean, you're still not gonna win the finals. No one's gonna right. like be giving you a bunch of credit for getting the Cavs to the finals as their eighth man. So, True. Uh, probably was getting some pressure from from the wife to to take that move back to Miami and he gets to kind of, you know, like he's always going to be known as a Miami heat uh, when he, you know, when he inevitably retires, this kind of gives him this this run with the cat. This kind of gives him a a head start on sort of repairing that relationship, becoming, you know, re-becoming the face of that franchise. And, you know, I think he might just, He's got to be close to retiring, honestly, at, at this point. So maybe it's just he he moves back there and just never moves anywhere else again. I mean, there's, I think he's he's kind of proven enough at this point. What what could he possibly do to to improve his legacy at this point? I mean, he's just fallen off physically more than you know. Like there's they're compa- he's compared to LeBron because they're in the same draft class. But you know, Wade's older. You know, he the style he played early in his career has kind of caught up to him. His knees have been an issue for a long time. Like. He's never going to be more than the fourth best player on a title team, especially in this era when your third best player is like an all-star if you're going to win a title. So, yeah, I mean, I th- maybe he's finally coming to terms with that. Who knows? I mean, my my guess, if we had to handicap it right now, is he signed some sort of kind of year-to-year two-plus-one with Miami and just kind of rides into the sunset there. I mean, this seems like the first stage to set that up. Yeah, I mean not much to say there really i feel bad for like the heat player the young heat players right, that are yeah. there that are trying to still make a name for themselves our condolences to tyler johnson and josh richardson and you know who Derek jones i think is there <laughs> all right before we get back into trade deadline talk uh, i want to ask you james what's better than fantasy sports i mean i i'm struggling to think the future of fantasy sports the fantasy gold team is bringing you just that welcome to draftdaily.com it's cryptocurrency mixed with sports. DraftDaily.com is the new standard in the fantasy industry with almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and 0% risk of chargeback. They're taking the industry by storm and making the game we all love both safer and cheaper to play. We brought fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the ultimate user experience and platform with DraftDaily.com. Users can play without worry and without fees digging into their profits. What better way to do that than to merge crypto with fantasy sports? On DraftDaily, you play with and win cryptocurrency. Play on DraftDaily.com today where players and the game they love are the focus. DraftDaily.com. Okay, uh, we have updated NBA title odds. Breaking news. These just came out earlier this hour, courtesy of Westgate Las Vegas. At the top, the Warriors. Warriors are one to two, despite standing pat at the deadline. The Golden State Warriors still the favorites. Rockets three to one. Cavs and Raptors now both twelve to one. Celtics fourteen to one. Spurs Thunder twenty five to one. T Wolves forty to one. And then Wizards Bucks and Sixers all at fifty to one. So what were the uh, go go through the go through the top five one more time? Warriors one to two. Rockets three to one. Cavs twelve to one. Raptors twelve to one, Celtics fourteen to one. What were the Thunder? Twenty five to one. I mean, as you can see, the Western Conference teams these are all lose out because of Golden State. Yeah, these are all sucker bets. Just 
I mean, for anyone that's out there, and I'm sure that we might even hear on we got a, any suckers out there. If we hear on, a, we might even hear on a, a popular podcast in the the coming weeks about how Thunder at 25 to one are a little interesting. It's like no. They're actually not. Uh, <laughs> they're not. They're not going to beat. Can't the, imagine which podcast you're talking they're, about. They're not going to beat the Rockets. They're not going to beat the Warriors. Let's, let's just forget about that one. Uh, I think. I mean, if 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 all the stuff that happened today hadn't happened, I actually think I would have been making some cases on the the podcast today about how I think the the Raptors are kind of the the clear favorites to come out of the East prior to all these moves, just because of how dysfunctional the Cavs were and how well the Raptors are playing and now I think it's actually kind of surprising that they're that Vegas has them even at, at 12 to 1 a piece because to me just really just getting Isaiah out of there was mm-hmm. enough to pull the pull, pull the Cavs back to even and then you throw I think you've still got to account for like whatever time it takes to mesh because that's the other thing people forget is that the all-star break and the trade deadline are not halfway mm-hmm. points, you know? No, I know. I mean, it, it's just that I don't think that it's not – to me, the Cavs aren't running a ton of complicated stuff. It's no, basically it, just the LeBron offense where he right. makes these amazing passes yeah, that like nobody gotta, else How are they going to get Larry Nance's touches? <laughs> and hey, Hood, just stay in this corner. There's only See one this ball. corner right here? Mm-hmm. Just – just sit right. there. Just exactly. don't don't move. That's true. That's a good point. You're not you're not like, integrating someone like it is arguably the hardest type of player to integrate. Yes, someone absolutely. who believes that they should be the ball dominant right, guy right. who's not good. Uh, that's a tough combination. And just telling you know telling someone like Rodney Hood to go run the second team offense that's not going to be hard for him. He's used no, to doing that type of thing. Um, it's 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 going to be fascinating. So how do you see the the seeding in the East shaking out? And then how do you see, like, do you, do you think it's Cavs, Raptors in the conference finals? Are they going to be on the same side of the bracket? I mean, what what's... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the committee says, you know, come Selection Sunday. I'm not really sure. So the Cavs are seven games back of the Celtics. Yep. And the Raptors are one game back of the Celtics. Yes. Those teams are going to be one, two. The Cavs aren't making that up. So... If you're the Raptors, you really got to get that. You really got to find a way to get that uh, that one. Seed. I think the top three in the East are going to remain the same. Cavs will stay three. Washington, you know, they've had a nice little run without Wall, but that's going to catch up to them. Milwaukee didn't make any moves really besides Zeller, and they're hurt, and they're hurt too. You know, I, yeah, there's there's a clear gap after the, those. Top the Raptors three. really need to get that one seed, I think, because then you get to be on the opposite side of the bracket of, as the Cavs you get home court but then you might have you might have to play Detroit or Philly in round 1 Ooh. which is tough <laughs> are, are you serious I'd rather play the, I'd rather play <laughs> I'd rather play Miami I'd rather play Indiana rather, I, I don't I know think, about Milwaukee I, I, don't know. I think the any of those the Pacers Heat Sixers right. Pistons like they're all they're all just I don't think you can be jostling dead. for first round matchups and I don't, I'm honestly not of the belief that you should be looking too far ahead although in the NBA it does I think being on the opposite side, I think there would be nothing better for the Raptors than the Cavs having to play the Celtics before the East Finals. Just just so that they maybe have to play a couple extra games. Anything like the more games where someone could get hurt before mm-hmm. they have to play you, like that. Right. Well, it's also going to be interesting too that the the Cavs won't have home court for either of those series. You know, it hasn't, hasn't really mattered before it. I don't think it matters for LeBron to not have home no, court, but no. I think it matters for the Raptors to have home home court. Yes, and I think it matters for some of the Cavs' other players. LeBron at this point, it doesn't matter. Sure, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, it was, like I'm trying to think back of these these last few years, like guys like Channing Frye and Jr. How, when how they conf- have their big games. How confident are you that the Cavs are going back to the finals? Not very at all. Like, would a you, little more confident now than I was? Are you fifty fifty on ago. it? Better than yeah, 50 I think 50-50, due in part because, one, the Cavs are much worse than last year, and two, I think Boston and Toronto are both considerably better than last year. You know, it's it's a little bit of, of a mix of the both. I mean, I I don't know. If I had to bet $1,000 right now, are the Cavs going to the finals, yes or no? I think I would say no. It would be close. I think I would say no. I I, I want to see this team play a week of games. I mean, Celtics-Cavs Celtics would be an amazing mm-hmm. uh second round matchup just not not that i actually think it would be that i think the raptors are much more 
ready to match up with the Cavs than the Celtics are. I just think oh, that yeah. the, the Celtics are kind of regular season smoke and mirrors to me. But uh, just to have that matchup so that Kyrie yeah. inevitably goes for like 45, 48 in one of those games. The Celtics have too many guys you can scheme against. You know, like Marcus Smart has been someone that the Cavs <laughs> just like LeBron loves playing against Marcus and Smart. And I can't believe they didn't get a first rounder for Marcus Smart. Well, they were. <laughs> Moutier was out there, man. He was dangling. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, okay, let's get back to deadline stuff. Um, let's see. Is there anything we didn't hit? Oh, yeah. So three-teamer, blockbuster. Devin Harris goes from Dallas mm. to Denver. Emmanuel Moutier goes from Denver to the Knicks. Doug McDermott goes from the Knicks to the Mavericks. I kind of like this one for all sides. Denver needed a little depth at point guard. Uh, Moutier had clearly just, I think he, Mike Malone just ran out of patience and was done with Moutier. Uh, and the Knicks get the guy that they probably wanted in the draft a few years ago. Everyone, I think everyone was mocking Moutier to the Knicks at that point. Um, that was a Porzingis draft though, right? So I think they made well, the right call. I think, I think Mike Malone's been, has seen enough of Moutier, uh, dating back to last year. Maybe the, I think it's probably the, his bosses probably hadn't mm-hmm. quite been ready to pull the plug on him yet. Uh, this is kind of a perfect trade for the Knicks because he's almost certainly going to help them plummet even further in the standings. And on that like one or two percent chance that he actually turns things around, then you have an asset all of a sudden. And he still so, wouldn't be good enough that he's going to win you games, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's really a win-win. He's, I mean, he's kind of the whatever. the secret weapon in in this whole tanking game. Is you yeah. just you give Manuel Mudiay thirty plus minutes a game down the down the stretch and right. just let let that kind of seeing Phoenix do that with Josh Jackson. Yeah, the, the poison pill really. <laughs> <laughs> Really drop you in the standings. Yeah, uh, we should we should know too. Emmanuel Moutier, uh, one of the last graduates of Prime Prep, great ah. great school out in Dallas mm. that has placed a number of players overseas because they're not <laughs> eligible to play in college basketball. Uh, so good for him. Good for Deion Sanders, who <laughs> ran or runs probably ran Prime Prep. He was the face of Prime. We should have known the name Prime <laughs> Prep. Like, it, ugh. okay, uh, Rashad Vaughn going from Brooklyn to New Orleans. Dante Cunningham back to Brooklyn. Rashad Vaughn's not going to be in the league next year. He's horrible. Um, I, kind of a weird deal for New Orleans. I don't see what what their thought was here. Like, not that Cunningham is good, but like they kind of need front court depth. Um, good, kind of kind of decent for Brooklyn though to get to turn Tyler Zeller into Dante Cunningham in a second round pick. I guess Could to turn worse. Tyler Zeller into a second round pick. I think it's yeah, is yeah, good work. It's, you know, Vaughn versus Cunningham <laughs> maybe is a wash, but it, you're getting somebody competent there. Noah Vonley is now a Chicago Bull, basically just given away for salary. Portland did a nice job of clearing a little bit of luxury tax, um, but nothing too significant. It, it looked for a while there that after the Vonley deal, they might be gearing up for DeAndre or something like that, and you know, just ended up not really materializing. Uh, I don't even want to touch on Sheldon Mack no. to the to the Hawks. I think. We should say, though, his name is Sheldon McClellan, and he legally changed it to Sheldon Mack. Mm-hmm. So that's noteworthy. Um, <laughs> Alfred Payton, starting uh-huh. point guard oh, for yes, most of yes, the last yes. four years in Orlando, now with the Phoenix Suns. Thoughts and prayers to him. Yes. Uh, the, did you watch any of that Suns-Spurs game the other night? Uh, Good Lord. I, so you and I are chasing each other in staff, uh, keeper basketball league, and I yes, had – some injuries, so I was starting three Spurs this week, DeJounte Murray, Kyle Anderson, and Danny Green, so I did actually have some interest in that game, and it just started off okay, and it really went downhill in a hurry with that DeJounte injury. Uh, Kyle Anderson didn't do anything 
Danny Green had a ton of points and like nothing else. I mean, the, the Spurs. It was like 70 to 30 at half. Spurs. Are the Spurs the best team in the league at dispatching of these terrible teams? Like the, the yes. Warriors will sometimes come out like hungover or just not really caring. The Warriors lost kind of, to the Kings. Yeah, it? just kind of messing around. Like Without the, looking, I would guess that the Spurs have never lost to the Kings. <laughs> Ever. I don't think they've lost to the Suns in like eight years. The Spurs are just so good at just coming out and like all business, just like this is yes. over. This is this is immediately over. Honestly, that's why they're so good. It's not it's not yeah. like every year you're in, you're out, they're beating the hell out of the Warriors yeah. and the Rockets. Like they just win every game that they're supposed to win every they're single like, time. They're like the opposite of the uh MSCR Roto Rotowire Hoops team where yeah. they just oh. they, they really know how to take care of business. Yeah. They really come out and, and stomp on lesser foes immediately. I don't. We don't have time to get into that, no, thankfully. But another <laughs> loss for Team Rotowire last night. But let's talk a little bit about this Alfred thing. I mean, I saw a lot of mixed reviews in terms of while wow, they only got a second rounder for him, or while wow, they're pulling the plug on him. I think it's more the latter. You know, where they had clearly made up made up their mind that they didn't want to extend him, right. and why just let him walk when you could get a free second rounder? Right. For Phoenix, you basically get a thirty game audition. If Alfred Payton plays really, really well, maybe he <laughs> signs there. If not. You're out of second rounder, I guess. Yeah, th- this one was a pretty easy call. I think if you're the Magic, anyone that you were sure you weren't bringing back, you just take what you can get for him. Mm-hmm. Alfred Payton is just not a – I know he does some things well, but he – you know, we lament the fact that certain big men like Jaleel Okafor would have been perfect in the 90s. Alfred Payton would have been a perfect 90s point guard, you know, just kind of brings it up, plays great defense – doesn't really have to do anything offensively other than finish layups. And, I mean, he, he has some of those skills. He just can't shoot. And when you have a point guard who can't shoot, that's that's not really going to work. Yeah, I mean, as we've said over and over, if, you, if you're going to have an offense with a point guard who can't shoot, you need to uniquely surround him with the right guys. And not many teams have been able to figure that out, especially in today's NBA. I mean, you could get away with that. Actually, you know, surprised. At his peak. I'm surprised to see he's shooting 37 percent from three this year, but oh, is he? Also, 63 oh. percent from the line, which not ideal for a point guard. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple buyouts or one one buyout or uh, Cleveland basically opened up a couple roster spots by shipping out half of its roster. Kendrick Perkins sounds like he's going to be filling one of those spots. Who I forgot was actually down in the G League with the Canton Charge, so he'll be ready. Um, Kind of, I think this is basically just LeBron basically like hiring a bouncer for himself, right? In the locker room, um, which he's always, you know, kind of had one of those guys, and now it's Kendrick Perkins. Um, guys who didn't get traded, Tyreek Evans and DeAndre Jordan are kind of the big two. Like the Grizzlies had literally been sitting out Tyreek Evans for more than a week because they were going to trade him. The deadline has passed. He's still in Memphis. Do they um, know? Do they know the deadline's passed? They might not. I mean, they made a trade. Or I'm trying to understand what reason they could possibly have. Zach Lowe reported that they, the Nuggets offered them Moutier in a second or an expiring contract in two seconds, and they just said, we're not taking on money, and how dare you offer us a second? We want a first rounder. And they were like, well, look, deadline's gonna, it's going to be the deadline pretty soon. Yep. You sure you don't want that second? They were like, nope. <laughs> right that's so pretty much how that went down yeah it's I, I don't know what it's such a weird situation with memphis being in the spot that they are looking at their future like they're like they can try to bring tyreek back but i don't see the point in that like you're not going to sign him to a four-year deal are you are they a bottom four run team like i think you can obviously say the the suns the kings uh trying to think like the Kings are number one for me. The Kings are number one. Shot. It's really not. It's just not close. The, the is James Dolan's existence keep the Knicks in the bottom? If four the Knicks had drafted Porzingis, uh, yeah, they're probably. I mean, they're still down there. I mean, it, well, if Phil Jackson was still there. They would clearly be bottom. Yes. bottom three or four. But well, think about it. I mean, Memphis. Memphis has done a really good job with, with like the hand they've been dealt. I guess you know, like they Kinda. hit it big. They hit it big on two guys, and you know the Randolph signing a while back worked out really well. But the, to do a really good job with the hand they were dealt would be to do stuff like the Raptors do, where they hit on these guys like Pascal Siakam, sure. and and they just don't hit on anyone. And they decided to choose Mark Gasol over yeah. David Fisdale. When I actually think that was the rare case where you should have taken the coach and traded yes. the player. Of course, it's just 
it's kind of bizarre that they are so dead set on going down with this Gasol comedy right. core. And the fact that they were unwilling, like the, the Tyreek Evans thing is kind of a microcosm of what is going to cause their downfall that you weren't willing to just kind of say, okay, the best we can get is a second. So we'll just do that. That's sort of a precursor to when they inevitably decide that they're not going to trade Marcus all Mike Conley yeah. for whatever offers are out there and just, keep those guys continue to win like 35 games a year and never get that stud rebuilding piece in the draft right yeah i guess what i meant by the hand they're dealt is like being a, one of the worst free agent destinations you know like to, yeah. to make the playoffs as many years in a row as they have oh it's yeah pretty impressive but you have to tear it down yeah. when it when it's no longer a thing you just right. have to start over and, and try to build through the draft i mean you hit it pretty big with conley in 07 you got the the marcus all trade which was actually the palgas all trade mm. you know with the lakers like those two worked out really well that said, like Conley's never even been an all-star. You know, it's like, yeah, you hit it big, but you didn't hit it all that big. And they've basically whiffed on every single draft pick since then. Oh, wait, you drafted Kevin Love and ended up trading him for a package to get O.J. Mayo. Wow. That did not work out. No. Oh, nine, number two overall pick. Hashim Thabit. Hashim Thabit. Who went right <laughs> after Hashim Thabit? James Harden. <laughs> um, 2010, number 12 pick, Xavier Henry. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really a great draft. Uh, I guess you know that was kind of the pick at the time, whatever. I didn't mind Xavier Henry. Me neither. He got hurt. Yeah, maybe it would have been different. No pick in 2011. Did take Josh Selby in the second round. I, I still stand by that pick. That was the right pick. Uh, 2012, Tony Roden. That was 25 overall. Crapshoot, whatever. No first rounder in 2013. 2014, Jordan Adams out of the league. 2015, Jarrell Martin, kind of a half G leaguer. 2016, <laughs> Wade Baldwin. That was really also out of the pick. league. Was, I think he's in the G League. It's pretty crazy how quickly he it's got bad. out of the league. They've drafted really, yeah. That's the thing. Like when you wash out of the league within like a calendar yeah. year of being drafted, that's if not a good sign. Yeah, like it's see, I, that's where I would sort of argue like the hand they were dealt. Like they had, you know, they traded away. You had multiple years in there where they didn't have a first rounder because they traded it away. Uh, I think there was a period there where they just were kind of in Suns mode, where they would just trade all those late first rounders to to get off of money and stuff like that um but yeah i mean when you're taking even when you're picking like 15 16 and you're taking wade baldwin no one's expecting you to hit on this like stud point guard of the future but you have to hit on a rotation player that's the thing they didn't they weren't able to add any help whatsoever through the draft over the course of seven or ten years you know like not one of those guys that we mentioned it was like a real contributor right and the 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 beat one was like an all time bad pick. Uh, don't even it doesn't even matter that Harden went three. It's just taking someone as bad as the beat number two overall is going to be an all time bad pick. Yes, yeah, I will not debate you on that. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the Hashim the beat was a bad draft pick talk. Uh, Tim McMahon is reporting that Boris Diaw is a name to keep an eye out for. Mm. What's know, those, he doing? Those these European days? seasons they do end early. <laughs> is and, that what uh, I, okay well yeah they always do they end up they end like after february or early march because like that's why like josh smith would usually make his pilgrimage back and sign somewhere brandon jennings i need to see that. a uh kind of a a profile shot of boris dia before i can endorse a team bringing him on i need to see what kind of shape he's, he's been in. playing in france for paris levelois Paris. I don't know. How do you say Paris in France? Is it Paris? You've <laughs> sure. been to Europe. Sure. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not a Europe guy. Yeah. I'm a I'm not, United States guy. When I was in Europe, I wasn't walking around pronouncing Paris like I was from. Like Wouldn't I you was notice, from though, Paris. how people are saying it? Like, I don't know. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, Boris Dia, peak Boris Dia in peak physical condition is a piece that I think would be useful for some teams but he's also a guy that likes his wine he likes his food and I don't imagine that he needed to be in tip-top shape over there in that league uh no I'm gonna if I had to guess right now I'm gonna say he's not in the best shape of his life at age 35 so yeah I don't, I don't think that that's a, a a game-changing piece coming into the equation here okay um we'll wrap this up I think we covered just about everything you have a baseball hardball podcast yep. to do talking some hardball um yeah like the joe johnson buyout talk is heating up as we speak that'll probably be done i would think by the end of the day but uh the guys on friday we'll wrap all that up anything else that happens uh we'll be back next week and hopefully by that point we can do a full all-star preview
which I know you yes. are just so excited. Very excited. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.